and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the third album from a Toronto band called Kiwi Jr., titled Chopper, and it starts with a song called Unspeakable Things. Jr. when I read some bit about how this was going to be Dan Bachner's first production credit and Dan Bachner of course of Wolf Parade, Handsome Furs, Divine Fits. We like him a lot and I so I wanted to hear what was this band that he was producing their album and so I heard a few singles and it was just so compelling that I was really excited when the album came out and then I just couldn't stop listening to the album. Yeah this is a clear kind of fun case of well, he's picking his first album to produce and he's having a huge impact because honestly, there's not a band I was super familiar with, but apparently they were pretty straightforward, you know, guitar, bass, drums, indie rock band. And he comes in and says like, hey, let's throw in some synths and not just a little around the edges, but the very first song is so synth forward and however much they might in interviews say oh we can't really play it's just like yeah but you don't need to play that well for it to sound great and it's so fun it has such a warm and engaging energy i really love this first track yeah and the lyrics of all these songs are kind of weird but catchy and not very impressionistic like it's tough to tell what any of these songs are about but there's a lot of just clever phrasing and clever lines that kept my interest yeah exactly i think it's 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 the sort of intelligent writing where it's it's vague enough to that I don't feel like, oh, I'm trying to work to get into this. I'm just, I'm going to go with the flow. And yet clever enough to feel like, oh, there's some texture and there's repeat, there's re, it rewards repeat listening. And this is, I think, Jeremy Gaudet, Gaudet is the sing, lead Gaudet, singer. Yeah. Gaudet. And I believe maybe is the like lead songwriter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's clearly got a gift for these sort of entertainingly, wait, what? kind of lyrics <laughs> as you'll hear through the rest of the, the show but and his vocal style i think it can be pretty although here he's weirdly evoking for me like kind of rivers cuomo-esque where he has this kind of combination of this kind of sardonic edge and kind of twang to his voice and then also throws in these falsettos that don't sound great but they sound very earnest and that combined with this silliness and, and cleverness is a great combo so talking about cleverness, the lines in this next song were what grabbed me the first time I heard it, and it's called Parasite 2. There's gotta be another man. There's gotta be another man in the house who's spending all the 
band really had confidence in this second track to, if anything, keep the energy level that was already so high even higher. The synths are more crazed. The propulsive songwriting where there's barely a chance to catch your breath between the chorus and the next verse, everything just piled on itself. And every chorus is different lyrics so you can't even rest on that and it's i i love this firehose experience well that's interesting that you say that because i don't think of that as the chorus i the way that i think of the, the song structure which i really like is that there's the verse and then there's just the musical bars that are that that form the chorus without the lyrics and then another verse and then the chorus doesn't actually come to the end but okay. anyway, I, well, I, I yeah, really well, like I, that structure. Well, I do. That it's, it plays with that. It's like, is it a chorus? Is it a pre-chorus? Is it just part of the verse? And whatever the case, though, it's just piled upon a piled upon piled. And when you actually get instrumental sections, I love how even though it opens with this very kind of screechy synth, almost siren, you then get very kind of hard rock, noisy guitar feedback that's a blast. Yeah, these new wavy synths are, are, are just are so appealing to me. And the synths in this remind me of kind of like Radio Radio by Elvis Costello, just really rapid fire synths in a really high tone. And it, it just brings so much energy to the song. Yeah, so much energy yeah, and so much cleverness of the, you know, someone feeling maybe a little out of control of his life and it kind of posing that as a sequel to the movie Parasite. It's pretty it, great. Yeah, and, you know, if you've seen the movie, spoiler alert, I love that the idea of that is taken to, you know, oh, someone's stealing all my money and drinking all my beer and drinking all my shirts, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the cleverness here, and this is a band that clearly does not take itself super seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, I would be on board for an album where the energy level and cleverness stayed at this kind of high level, but there there is some variation. Things do get a little more slow-paced, uh, and so they do slow things down a little bit, a little more contemplative in the next track. It's called Clerical Sleep. track on which to talk about the sophistication of the layering in these tracks uh this one in particular has these very ethereal female vocals from dorothea pass and she sings on a bunch of different tracks and then some very low 
vocals, which are Dan Bachner himself, and then just layered different keyboards and an arpeggiator. I noticed that in the credits for this record, they say that everyone played a little bit of keyboard. Yeah, it's fantastic. And yeah, I think this is a real testament to collaboration. Bringing Dorothea Pass, who I guess has a solo career, has also worked with Tim Darcy and U.S. Girls. And I noted that uh, while Dan Buckner maybe doesn't, this is his first producing gig, but then he brought in for the recording and mixing Alex Gamble, who is incredibly prolific, working with all sorts of Canadian bands, broken social scene, effed up, always like really getting around. And it is very assured production. And it's one of those things, like if you're going to layer things like this, you have to have that experience so it doesn't just end up as mud and it sounds sharp. I got to say, like, if you wonder why Canada has such a spectacular music scene and all these really talented musicians, it's because they actually fund the arts and they, you know, provide opportunities for musicians in a way that we don't here in the U.S. And it's kind of sad, but it's also nice that we have so many great bands that we get to listen to coming out of Canada. Yeah, this song, yeah, as I said, it like slows things down a little, but although maybe only by comparison to those first two, but it, I think is really hitting this, maybe the point of the songwriting for me is like, oftentimes things are very specific while being kind of baffling, like this entire thing about the $2 million prosthetic robot arm, I guess, that the guy never wears. And it's such a, a great image. And it's, where did that come from? Not sure what it means, but it's awesome. And I, won't give me more. I listened to an interview on a podcast called Creative Control with two K's instead uh-huh. of C's and um, Godet was talking about how he had just seen a news story or something about this and it stuck in his mind and then he it, it prompted him to remember that he has an uncle who has a prosthetic that he never uses because it's just kind of a pain in the neck and he's got along fine without it and so I think that it, the the stream of consciousness is it gives it a very postmodern feel where I'm able to latch on to things and then the picture just sort of dissipates I like that. Yeah. And I think we we go into a, a different, but a very similarly, like very evoking a, a very specific mood on this next track. It's called Night Vision. Love how this song combines sort of that very, you know, early aughts, super strokes, guitar style, and even the vocal processing has that kind of sound. And it's all about, oh, late night, but it's not the sort of late night of like, oh, we're cool people in New York, but it's the like driving around maybe in not the most exciting place. Probably and it's, like nighttime in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if it has, it has a very kind of small town feel, not least because, oh, there's a dead deer. And so I love how it combines the sort of potential of debauchery of like, ooh, we're going to a party and 
shooting a sex tape with like oh more just like oh we're just kind of teenager shot getting a beer or just like a deer getting dead it's just this sense of getting dark dead getting yeah. dead well it's like they say headshot and it's like it's not a deer? glamorous night it life. is not yeah exactly it's like you're going out and you're like yeah we're really gonna party and set it out and it's like it's not you're believing in the potential, but it's not ending the way you would hope. And in this song, I think the instrumentation also just provides so much texture. The the high synth, like the really high synth line. I don't know what you call that, but just. Yeah, I don't know that. And um, the yeah, opposite of a drone. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, high screech and a little bit, a little bit more of arpeggiated kind of textures. It sounds super cool. Yeah, and with the minor key, it just feels very like new wave, but dark and very moody, which I think was the was what they were going for. No, it's just it's a great mood and really captures something that feels very universal. And I, I would say the same thing about this next track, which does that with a lot of cleverness. It's called "The Extra Sees the Film." like this was the first song where the lyrics grabbed you because you really liked the human jacket scorpion jacket from drive line thanks for stealing my thunder yes i fell in love with this song because of that lyric no i think it's so evocative and it's such a great entree into one of the more kind of i think specific kind of paintings and yet i think it's all about capturing you know bad bad small talk at a bad party but it gets at this fundamental truth of this guy who's like, I'm the, I'm the star of my own story before realizing, oh, wait, this story kind of sucks. Maybe I'm not the star. Maybe I'm just an extra. And so I think that's a feeling I think anyone who's not a total sociopath has had more than once in life. Main character syndrome, as they call it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's a huge. It's just so funny and yet gets at that real fundamental truth. Yeah, that's what I love. The self-deprecation in a lot of these lyrics and just kind of a very Canadian humility of r- recognizing that you're not the main character most of the time. You're usually going to be an extra. And the the way that this song is paced, I think the whole album is sequenced really nicely where we get these super fast paced 
very like high synth, uh, you know, rapid synth uh, attack songs, and then these more kind of melodic, thoughtful pieces, and it, it it takes you on a real journey. Yeah, I love how also just sonically how we went from something that was pretty early aughts rock to here where we have a lot of eighty sounds mm-hmm. between the synths and then the very I think gated reverb on those drums, mm-hmm. and so you know, shout out to I think. How do you pronounce it? A Brohan Moore is the drummer, and I think he just brings a lot of energy without being too showy. But I think he probably had a lot of fun here because just that channeling that cheesy 80s drum sound, and it totally works. So the next song we'll play is called Contract Killers. another song that really sets the mood where you know you kind of get this mood of contract killers and kind of something sleazy going on and it has a little bit of an 80s vibe with the especially the guitar sounds and the the way that the vocals are recorded Uh, some of Gaudet's singing is almost like talk singing and then he goes into you know actually melodic singing he's got a lot of variety in his voice yeah really versatile singer and I think yeah he's I guess the other members of the band doing the backing vocals here, but the contrast is really great. There's such a, a good energy. And yeah, I think the what you said about the pacing, this this having this little breath catch and sense of menace and darkness is really great, great places we're getting into the home stretch of the record. But here's a, another song where the keyboards are almost carnival-esque. They're, you know, it's, it's almost... Um, it, it, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's they have just a crazy feel, but yeah. the rest of the song is kind of ca- calm. Yeah, it's fun, but unsettling for yes. sure. So we go from that into something that's hope, at least evokes something that is very settling, the sound of music.
listening to this song was how I found out that you have never seen The Sound of Music. Yes, I am an uncultured heathen. And so you probably didn't know that the chorus is a little bit of a callback to the sound in the song of music, the so long, farewell. So long, farewell, I'll be to saying adieu, adieu, adieu to you and you. There was a little bit of it. Um, anyway, I love the way that this song combines these kind of fractured jigsaw puzzle lyrics with a very evocative image of a movie that most of us all know and Julie Andrews as the star of that and apparently her husband was Tony Dalton they were high school sweethearts I did not know who sorry Tony Walton I had to google him but he is also mentioned in the song so it was a real educational journey for me yeah it's a journey for all of us and I love though that that sort of you know classic musical that people maybe have very warm feelings about is tied with these lyrics that seem to be about maybe a friend with some sort of serious issues and you know trying to be a friend to someone who is mm-hmm. makes it hard sometimes and i'm not i don't want to read it too much in but that's the lyrics certainly seem to be pointing in that direction well also with the line guess who's been killed i was like i needed to make sure that julie andrews was still alive which she is at yeah. least at the time of this recording well yeah i i, I choose to believe that uh, there's later lyrics about like oh you wrote a screenplay so maybe it's this friend's screenplay has stuff about someone getting killed anyway I, I just really like the song generally but oh it, it's a blast yeah so the next song we're going to play is called Downtown Area Blues. song is another one that is high energy and it's so much fun that I'm not quite paying attention to the fact that I'm not following necessarily everything that's going on here other than that this band clearly again more self-deprecation because there's a lyric a little later where they're just like we're a downtown area band with downtown area fans with some downtown area fans like not too many okay yeah we've we've got downtown area (laughs) fans yeah exactly so that's uh but it's yeah that it is sort of this immediate puncturing of like downtown it's like ooh, this is the hip area and then it's uh, this portrayal of like car dealerships and personal injury injury lawyers and it's i i love that they're just they they there's no romance that they cannot puncture i've never been to toronto but i feel like this album gives me a good picture of what toronto is like i spent a couple weeks there it's nice not exciting but it's nice yeah and so yeah fortunately this band is nice and exciting yeah, and I think the the speed of this song, the pace, is really shows what 
good musicians they are. As I said, this is their third record. I hadn't been aware of them before this, um, but they've clearly been playing together for a while and they're very tight musicians. There's, you know, as we mentioned, Jeremy Godet on vocals and guitar and then Brian Murphy on guitar and Mike Walker on bass. And as we mentioned, Brohan Moore on drums, which he really like lets the drums shine in this song. But they're all just, you can tell they just have a, a good chemistry and they're, they've done a lot of playing live together just because of the tightness. Yeah, and it's, and it's surprising because I, you know, I think their first album is what came out in I think two thousand. Like it's they're just cranking it out once a year almost, and it's remarkable. Did you say 2000? 22 20, years ago? Yeah, one of those years. You know, a year that was zeros and twos in it. Twenty twenty. Uh huh. I'm old. Two thousand. That that was a couple of years ago, right? No, yeah, in twenty twenty, and yeah, so that they're mostly like most of their life as a band, and certainly as a recording band, has been during the pandemic, and yet they're cranking it out and there doesn't seem to be a, a lack of imagination, a lack of energy, but there is certainly that incredible tightness. And now with these new collaborators on the production side and backing vocals, et cetera, this is fan. Yeah. This is a really impressive album. And and they're going to be at South by Southwest this year. So we're very, they're obviously like on the top of my list to go see. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I don't know if they're coming to San Francisco anytime soon, but it was not on their tour schedule. Yeah, sadly, I, sadly I think they, they had an opening gig for someone back in November, but yeah, we missed that. <laughs> oh, well. And so we'll see, well, hopefully more touring to come. And, you know, I think for a lot of bands, the third album, it's like you have your debut album where you have all of your ideas that you've compiled in your life as a musician up until then. And it's, you know, you pack it all in. And then the sophomore album is kind of a make it or break it. You can maybe reveal that you didn't have that many ideas stored up and it's disappointing um or you you keep it going and then a third album is a good chance to like okay we survived the second album and now maybe we're going to shake it up and do something different and the fact that they really changed up their sound in a way that i think makes them much more dynamic and exciting and more uh remarkable you know i mean not that they weren't making good music before but like you know four guys playing guitar you know in a guitar rock band is not as unique as adding in all of these other um, production elements and the keyboards and a lot of the like interesting textures makes them stand out a lot more. Yeah. And that for me, it's yeah, that that level of musicality and that there's the, the depth of thought, but the incredible self-deprecating humor mixed together and the clever lyrics, like this is top, top notch songwriting all around. And it's such a realistable album. Yep. Yep. So we're we're very excited to see where they go next. So we're going to go out on the last song on the record, which is called The Mass Singer. And you've been listening to For the Record. We've been discussing the third album from Kiwi Jr., a Toronto band. And the name of the album is Chopper. Thanks again for listening. Good.
podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.